Hi, everybody. I'm Dale Sparaghi, love and relationship coach and host of this podcast, New Wave Relationships, about all things relationships, relationship to self, others, more than other, couples, singles, breakups, and dating. What's new in relationships and how relationships are changing and evolving, especially post-COVID, post-digital, post Me Too, and sadly to say, post No Roe versus Wade. So we're talking about finding love and losing love, creating lasting love and lifestyle. I'm thinking of this as a forum for relationships. So please, if you have any burning questions, send them in. Or here's something novel. If you'd like some coaching, if you're struggling with something in your relationship and you'd be willing to do the session here so others can benefit, please email me at dale at creativecorecoaching.com. On this episode of the New Wave Relationships Podcast, Dale and I will walk us through Katherine Woodward Thomas's Conscious Uncoupling. Conscious Uncoupling is a coaching modality for people who are considering breaking up and would like coaching support through this transition. People can uncouple from many things, patterns, partners, friends, and even less personal things like jobs. Dale facilitates this coaching and will tell you all about it. Hear more details at the end of the show. Hello and welcome to the New Wave Relationships Podcast. And today we're doing an episode on conscious uncoupling, which Dale is a coach in. And so she's going to tell us all about it. So Dale, good to see you. How are you? Hi, Sunny. I'm doing good. Um, I'm excited because speaking of conscious uncoupling, um, I just left a meeting with Catherine and we are welcoming 45 new incoming conscious uncoupling coaches to be trained this year so very excited about that awesome great so i'd love to hear all about everything about this Uh, i just recently went through a breakup and so it feels pretty relevant to me to talk about and vulnerable as well and i've never been through uh this line of coaching so i just love for you to tell me about it and however you want to start us off that'd be lovely yeah well um the, the overview of conscious uncoupling is it's really, it's kind of redefined what it means to divorce. Um, it's, it's just a better way to, to divorce and break up. It's, it's going through this with, um, support and with consciousness and creating, um, an environment kind of an, a holding environment for everybody that's involved in many cases, you know, there's children and families and, um, you know, how is, how is this transition going to look for us? Catherine actually has the, the trademark to conscious uncoupling because it did kind of come out into the culture because of Gwyneth Paltrow. And, um, when her husband divorced, she brought this term out into the, you know, through the media. And that's kind of when Catherine um, was acknowledged and um, conscious uncoupling really became a um, sort of a lexicon because of this. The, the impetus for Catherine to write this was after she had had lots of success 
with her book and her program, Calling in the One. She and her husband, Mark, who had been married for many years and um, had a daughter together, decided to uncouple. I remember Catherine sharing with us that this was a difficult time for her because she had called in her one and now, you know, how, how to reconcile that she is actually um, uncoupling. Mm -hmm. And the way she and Mark handled this really gave birth to this book because Mark was very generous. He was entitled to royalties from Catherine's book, but did not take them. They really supported each other. There was a period when Mark wasn't working, so Catherine opted not to get some payments from him. They moved, they ended up moving close by each other so that they were both available to her daughter. There was a way of doing this that was different. Normally, you know, the way we think of divorce, it's contentious. There's a lot of retaliation. You know, th there's division of things. And so they really, they really did this in, in a very different way. Right. And it's interesting for Catherine to have like these dualities of work, right? Like calling in the one, the one, and then, you know, uncoupling with one. So, um, yeah. props to her for having those two parts of her life and, and holding that and writing about this because I do not remember the statistic, but I have been hearing that divorces is higher than it's ever been. You know, socially, it's, there's a strong perspective that, you know, divorce is a very negative thing. People bring a lot of shame to that. Well, I think, I think you're right. I think that, that there is a lot of shame associated with divorce because, you know, we come from, you know, giving your vow, you come from giving your vows and, you know, this is forever and for better or for worse. But the truth is that we're living in a time where there's serial monogamy. You know, mm -hmm. there's a lot of people are in long-term relationships, but then they're outgrowing each other. So they're, they, get out of one relationship and they get into another relationship. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. And we really are in a time where there's a lot of upheaval and change in the way we're looking at marriage and monogamy and relationships in general. And what is the right way to do that, right? Is it one for the rest of your life or a lot of people you love over time, you know? It seems that times are changing in how we perceive those things. Yes. And and I just wrote a whole blog about this that, you know, really our our intentions for relationships are are really changing. You know, we're we're wanting to grow. We we're wanting to grow spiritually, emotionally, and we want to do that with a partner. And th this is very new. You know, I mean in the 50s it was really about you know, support, you know, like there were, there were very clear roles, you know, women and men, the gender roles were clear. Lots of expanding, I think, and opening in the way we're, we view relationships, the way we relate to each other in relationships. Yeah. And I also think the only relationships that were shown were very specific in media of those times within the United States. It was 
you know, a white couple having a very heteronormative, gender normative Christian lifestyle. And that, you know, as we know, is not a reflection of our world. So, you know, integrating that with how our relationships are organized, right? And to not, you don't need one relationship for your whole life. I think that's a really interesting perspective there. So with that in mind, having a program that helps you exit in a healthy way to have friends, you know, or not have friends. I I think that is really cool. I would love to be friends with some exes and some exes I am still friends with. Yeah. And I think that's a very individual thing. And, you know, in the program, that's part of the work that you do, you know, is realizing the future that you want to create together. And in some instances, that might be not having contact with the person. It might mean, you know, creating a new form of the relationship in the form of a friend or a co-parent. So it's it's a very individual, customized program, even though there are some very basic premises, which are basic to calling in the one as well. So who is it for? Conscious uncoupling really is for... um, for anyone that wants to uncouple from anything, really. I mean, it can be that broad. It's for, for people who might not be sure, but they, they might want to explore how they can, you know, either rebuild a relationship in some cases. It's really uncoupling from a particular f- way of relating in a relationship. And, it, and it's possible for couples to actually turn that around. So they're uncoupling from patterns and ways of relating and actually creating something new. It can be you're not necessarily breaking up, but you're just uncoupling with a certain way of relating with each other as well? Correct. You can actually not physically be breaking up, but you can actually be changing the form of your relationship. Not in many, but in some cases, it could be that you're not going to actually physically separate but you're going to transform the way of relating, the patterns that you have. You're uncoupling from a dynamic. And then in some cases, it, it is when, you know, it's time to break up, right? Yes. In some cases, it is a clean, you know, you're making a clean break. You're divorcing. You're, you know, d- dividing assets. You're, you're working out what your next step is moving forward. So it's it's very it's very a, a very customized um individualized program. That's why it's not really done as a couple. Um it's really done with individuals. I definitely assumed it was with couples just cuz I hear uncoupling the couples in there. Mm-hmm. Um so okay, and can you do it with a couple as well or is it just one on one to one? To actually go through the program with, as a couple, you can, but you are doing in the first three steps, you are doing your own individual work. So that really does need to be done individually. In the last two steps, it's possible to come together and work through things. But in the first three steps, it's, it's about individual internal work. Mm-hmm. So how does it usually work? Well, it works through steps. There's five steps to conscious uncoupling. And the first one is creating an intention 
really, for a positive future that you want to create. The, the, the program itself, Conscious Uncoupling, is part of a, of a, a way of coaching called ontological coaching, which is a, who you're being. So that's what we're working with in the program, is who you are being. And in finding emotional freedom, which is the first step, you're actually in assessing the trauma of the breakup. So you're looking at, you know, on a scale from one to 10, where are you in the trauma? You know, where are you in the pain, in the grief, in holding these big emotions? So, you know, 10 is like you've had a head-on collision, you know, and, and you're just smashed and shattered, really. And um, I think Catherine has mentioned that she really had the person who is left in mind when she wrote this book. Mm. So, of course, you know, being the one that is left behind, that is rejected, there's a lot of grief and a lot of trauma, and sometimes even shock. Mm. So this first step is really looking at and assessing where you're at and creating mantras to soothe and comfort and hold these big emotions. So, so, so there's practices, there's um, exercises, there's distinctions, and there's teaching throughout all of the steps. And in this particular step, the teaching is really how to hold and, and care for yourself mm-hmm. as you go through these huge emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... Um... I think I'd probably be in the one to step one area to step two area because I'm just in this limboness of understanding where I am with my emotions and being able to feel them all the way, you know, yeah. along with also having parts of my life that I'm reclaiming and, you know, feeling strengthened again by suddenly picking up surfing. Like that's a very random thing. I mean, I used to surf when I was younger, but after going through a lot of rounds of just, you know, waking up very, very depressed. Uh, I have a whole kind of surf collection from my dad. And one day I just picked up a board and now it, you know, getting your body moving is I think a really important part here a little bit, not to go off topic a little bit, being stagnated in an emotion, you know, in your bed and, you know, just being stuck in your stuff. Like for me, moving my body has been very helpful. It doesn't mean I feel totally better and I don't, but um, it has helped and it's been part of me just assessing where I'm at. So. Yeah, absolutely. And what you're doing is, you know, what this step is about. It's about harnessing all of this, right? And and these impulses, and in, in some cases, they're destructive impulses, Right. We're either, you know, we either want to beat ourselves up or beat our partners up, right? So if we can harness all of this deep feeling, and like you're saying, what a, what a gorgeous way to do that, to just get out in the ocean and surf, right? Or paint or walk or dance. So, so we're, it's, it's like we're creating something, we're generating something towards a positive drive, towards some liberation, yeah, and I think, too, 
I think it's important to have that mess, right? To have that really hard, dark place. And, and also, you know, cautioning there to having that intention of a positive future is pretty important because getting lost in the sauce of your darkness can really pull you into places where you don't want to be. And you, you know, it's easy to regress into yourself. You know, I know that very intimately. And I think, you know, really doing the best you can to going into your higher self and finding that with moving into step two a little bit is probably a big game changer for those who really become dwellers. I'm a big dweller and I'm an artist. So it takes a lot of work for me to get into that. Like, I'm fine or not even I'm fine, but like, I, I got it, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. And what you're saying is is really powerful because it's a both and, you know, like we don't want to spiritually bypass and, you know, be Pollyannish about all of this because it is hard and there is deep grief and trauma in this. And we we can hold this, we can be with all of this. And at the same time, we can see possibility. It's it's like this the post-traumatic growth, right? Like there is opportunity in, you know, in, in the darkest place. And if you can see that darkness as an opportunity to change, to grow, to, to be, and, and so many people that go through this, you know, I'm in touch with them and, and I see how much better their life has become beyond what they could have ever imagined, and including my own. Mm. But when you're in it, it's hard sometimes to see that possibility. It's hard to see the light. Yeah, and, and just to emphasize what you're, what you're saying, it, it does take work even more than time. It takes the willingness to do this internal work, right? To, to be with the hard feelings and to be with that darkness and to know that, you know, you're going you're gonna to get through it and, and what's possible. And the second step is reclaiming your power and your life. So we're seeing ourselves as the source of our experience in this step. We're looking at our part, even, even if, it, if it's small, and we're taking responsibility. This is what gives us the power. Staying, as a, staying in, in a place of being a victim and blaming is a very powerless place to be. So as soon as you can step up and own anything about your part in the dynamic that you've created, then immediately you can move forward. You can change something. You can commit to do something differently. Mm -hmm. So it takes you out of that helpless victim place. And you know, how we do this is we forgive. We, we forgive ourselves and we forgive others and we make amends. We make amends to ourselves. It's very often an amends to self. Like, I will never tolerate that behavior. I will never, you know, give my power to someone like I did, I will never allow someone to, you know, treat me this way. So it's it's kind of this fierce reclaiming of um, self-love and self-respect. So often it is really amends to self 
and others. Sometimes we've done things that we need others to forgive us for. In that case, we need to make an amends to others. Mm-hmm. So it's a really powerful practice. You know, this, the, the program is really a spiritual program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think sometimes in some relationships, it's pretty clear to call out the responsibilities and be able to tell. And then other relationships, it can be so enmeshed. It's like very hard to read. And then mm-hmm. you talk to your people and then they can read it. And you're like, I still can't read that. Like sometimes being able, for me at least, to, to find like the responsibilities, it, it can get so um, messy, especially when you're in, at least for myself, being in a relationship with a lot of a lot of communication and a lot of clarity, but it getting messy at the same time. I don't know if any of that made sense. Yeah, and and it's not necessary to read the other person's. You know, it really comes from reading from from reading your own part. From from reflecting on how you contributed, how you created this, co-created, whatever this dynamic was. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it's really about keeping the focus on on yourself. It's really all you have. It's really all you have is yourself anyway, because you can't fix what they they're doing, and you can't change what they did or what they will do. So all you have is just you to look at. Well, that's true. And, and, and that does make a strong relationship because we can't give over responsibility to someone else for, for us, right? We are responsible for ourselves always, you know, during relationship especially. Mm-hmm. And, and we do get into trouble when we think that, that others are responsible for us, for making us happy, for healing us. We are responsible for ourselves. Yeah. So the second step really gets us to see how we are the source, how life is happening, how we're generating our life. It's not happening to us. Mm-hmm. We're creating it. Totally. Step three, I want to keep going because that, yeah. that one was, the last one was really strong and heard all that so i'm super curious about the next one like where do you go from yeah the Uh third one is kind of the heart of of really the transformation of both programs actually calling in the one and conscious uncoupling and it's um in conscious uncoupling it's called breaking the pattern healing your heart so this is where we identify and we name um what catherine calls our source fracture story which is a story that we created around what occurred usually when we were young and what we made it mean about us and how this is playing out in our adult life. So there are particular patterns. So I had a father that traveled for work and was gone a lot. And for me, um, I made that mean that, that there was something wrong with me, right? That, that he wasn't there because of me. And um, I think that when I, when I grew and I started to have relationships with men, I was looking for that, that, in, that attention and that love that I didn't really feel I got. So there was a younger part of me that was kind of running the show during my relationships. I was not really in my 
adult woman relating to an adult man. Mm -hmm. And of course, that created problems. Mm. So when I, when I got, when I went through conscious uncoupling and realized what my patterns were with men and how I was generating, um, you know, men not treating me well, men not making me a priority or leaving or not being consistent, I could see how I was create, I was co-creating this pattern. Mm -hmm. And I began to, to, to relate differently to myself and to men. Because of that, I was in another state of consciousness, who I was being. I was in another way of being. And I created, you know, t which today is, is a, a beautiful, healthy, um, mutual relationship where we both take responsibility for ourselves and we support each other in doing that. But, you know, it's taken a, lo a lot to get there. Hey, mm -hmm. oh yeah, patterns. Patterns are real and they hit really deep and they come from deep places. And also just want to say thanks for sharing that. I, I, I really relate to that kind of father wound situation you're talking about and relating it to something a little more generic in my childhood was I was in Catholic schools I went to Catholic schools until high school. And I think, you know, for me, being in an upbringing that kind of held a, a strong hierarchy, like a patriarchal kind of hierarchy around me all the time in the perspectives I was raised in and being in uniforms all the time, always dressing like everybody else, kind of having to have my identity and my expression always be controlled to look a certain way always put me in this place where I'll, I'll almost intentionally find partners who like don't see me for who I am and they'll see me as like their vision of who I should be and there's nothing wrong with wanting a certain type of person to be with right like you know some relationships have incredible aesthetics you know two goths dating together man they they like the same thing and, you know, I totally get that. But sometimes I find myself in, you know, relationships and I've had this time and time again where I feel like I'm my own person. And then it's hard for me to, like, find my own expression in a relationship when I find my relationships are, like, trying to control who I'm being a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what you're saying is you get involved with controlling men or controlling partners. And then what happens? Um, a lot of the time I won't really realize it until it's happening where I'll just be in a place where I'll be walking on eggshells and seeking approval. And it's not something that's like super aggressive a lot of the time. It's actually something more like finite than that and comes from me a lot of the time of just feeling like, very people-pleasing, and then losing a sense of my own autonomy. Losing a sense of my own autonomy, my own opinion, my own wants, and becoming like a pretty strong pacifist. And becoming very ambivalent instead of like being like, no, I want this, I want to do this, and I don't want to do that. I just kind of give away my 
all the things that I that I truly want. Um, and so that is giving your power away, you know. And then yeah. because I'm not being um, very, like, opinionated and holding my opinion, their opinion will domineer because I remain passive. Because if I'm passive, then I'm still pleasing. If I say no, then there could be a problem. There could mm -hmm. be an unspoken problem. I could get yelled at for no reason from somebody. And that's always kind of a fear that's in my body of being yelled at for no reason. Or um, being bad because if I'm bad, then something bad will happen to me. And that's from my own trauma things, right? Yeah. So um, I just inherently find myself in a place where I'll get people who they want things a certain way and I won't hold my ground to that yeah it makes yeah. a lot of sense you know coming from that background that strict catholic you know this is truth right this is this is truth and you must follow mm -hmm. and you know how do you how do you navigate that that's that's really tricky how do you navigate that so it makes sense that you might you know be with someone who has that strength and that, you know, professes to know and, and be all-powerful and all-knowing, right? And this is the truth. And again, you're kind of in that position where, you know, how do I stand up to this? You know, this is bigger than me. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, it, it really isn't, right? It, ta it just, it takes courage. And that seems to be what you're finding now. You know, you're finding your particular brand of courage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it it leans into the next step a bit of the become a love alchemist, right? Of like finding your truth and finding your courage and your light and your fire in, you know, whether it's in a situation like that or it's leaving that situation and finding your fire for the next person who is in your alignment you know going into that pattern right the, the controlling pattern dance that you know this is a pattern that a lot of people feel it's not just me to generalize it a bit like right. being in a relationship of, of a power dynamic it does happen and um you know i do think that those patterns can be worked on co-creatively i do think they can and sometimes it's also leaving that person and exiting that pattern, which falls into Catherine Woodward Thomas's kind of false love identity area, which we've talked mm -hmm. about in the past, which is where you have a false sense of self or a kind of, you know, trauma self acting in a pattern and in a relationship. Sometimes you can't really work with that with somebody and sometimes you can. And when you leave a relationship, you can find your true love identity Right. And you can then be in something else that's aligned where that pattern doesn't even happen anymore. Like you can be in a mutual place with somebody where you are acting from like what you want and what they want. So I just want to say that to if anyone's in a yeah. power dynamic, there's relationships that don't have that. And like, that's OK. And people can work those out if they're in it as well. Well, and, and the way you would work this out is by making an amends. You know, it would be, you know, I just want to tell you that I wasn't really giving, I wasn't all myself in this relationship. You know, I was not all that I could be, all who I am. And I 
um, my amends is to never play small again. You know, my amends is to never not be in my own truth. And I just want you to know that, you know, and, and thank you. Thank you. Right? Like, yeah. wow, I would never know this if I didn't get it, you know, if I hadn't been in this thing with you. So I appreciate you. And this is my amends. Mm -hmm. And that's a step four, right? That's, that's a step four. And that's, you know, a big part of what conscious uncoupling looks like. Mm -hmm. is is looking at all our stuff, owning our stuff, and then deciding to do it differently. Mm -hmm. So tell me about step four. Move me right into that. Yeah, so becoming a love alchemist is really being your highest and your best self. It's taking the high road, even when someone else can't or won't, right? You are going to be the bigger person. If, you know, whether it's dividing up your assets, whether it's acknowledging, you know, someone for, like we just said, I appreciate you because I would not have ever found this part of myself if I wasn't with you, right? Appreciation, taking the high road, being generative, being generous, and, and you know, rising above this story of blame and pain and shame and embracing something bigger. Mm -hmm. and, and then creating this new form of relationship, whatever it will be, whether it's co-parenting, whether it's repairing, if possible, wishing, you know, just saying goodbye and wishing the other well, holding them in your heart if there's no contact, creating post-breakup communication, you know, how are we going to communicate moving forward? Um, so this is all step four, becoming a love alchemist. Mm, yeah, I think that's really being able to, that's kind of finalizing through the emotions of it and getting to a place where you really know probably your worth and where you stand in all the work that you've been processing and the relationship and breaking those patterns and being in a place where you're alchemizing your life yeah. uh, and making your life how you want it to be. So that's, yeah, that seems like a really nice thing. I like how it is really from the first person about, you know, taking responsibility and, you know, moving forward. Exactly. And really standing for the future that you want to create here. And, and this is the step that if couples, you know, are going to get back together or are going to create a new form of relationship, this is the step where that's going to happen. You know, they will come together and they will create an, an intention for the future that they want to have together. So in the coaching program, is this where the couple can have the opportunity to kind of meet in coaching? Yes. If, if they're working with individual coaches, the, the, the coaches can come together and the clients can come together. So this is a place where you know, we can kind of join forces here and um, work together. So we're kind of coming out of the internal individual work. And now we're coming together to work with each other. Mm -hmm. Or if not as well. Yeah. Right. Like what, you know, what's next? What are we, what, what's the future going to look like now? Now that we can, we're alchemizing, you know, all of the, the difficulty and, you know, all of the changes that we're making. 
And then the final step is step five, right? Yes. Like where you're really creating your happily ever after life. And in, in this case, some people are ready to even set an intention for a new relationship. Not everyone. And how are you going to do your next relationship differently? Um, how, how are you going to relate to community and family? So we're making, we're agreeing that, you know, we're going to only speak well of each other. You know, no one's going to talk bad about anybody behind anyone's back, no matter what happened. You know, we're, we're going to speak highly of each other. Um, you're, you're looking at old agreements that the two of you made, some covert, some overt. And what are the new ones that we're making moving forward now? And integrating the learning. Yeah, this is where we, you know, kind of look at the gains that we've had. And there's a beautiful ritual and ceremony. There's lots of options and practices if you want to do some sort of release ceremony or a couple can come together and do a, a ritual with friends and family. So there's practices and options to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, covert and overt agreements. I want to go into that a little bit because I don't know if everyone would uh, catch on to that part. But in relationships, what Dale's talking about is sometimes there's overt agreements, so things that you've uh, agreed to, like, and you're aware that you've agreed to of like a certain way of being in a relationship or a certain way of talking or, you know, how many partners you have or don't have or whatever. Then covert is agreements that you didn't really realize you were making. So kind of subtle actions or unconscious unconscious ways of interacting with each other that were unhealthy or maybe even healthy. Usually I think with the covert ones, I don't know, I guess they can go back and forth being healthy or not healthy, but those are what those are. Yeah. And an, an example of that, Sunny, could be just what you were speaking of. You know, I made an agreement to allow, you know, my partner to, you know, have more of a say than I did. You know, mm -hmm. I made an agreement to, yeah. to, to not, to not have a voice and, and we made that to, uh, together, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So, so looking at those can be really helpful to, um, to reveal kind of what has been going on with us at an unconscious level. And now, you know, we're ready to make that conscious. And if a partner is not available, um, there's a soul to soul ceremony or practice that you can actually initiate where you can um you can speak to your partner without them actually physically being there mm -hmm. and it's amazing that the of the, that the impact this has because really you know we're all connected and we're all in this you know field together so when you put out this soul to soul message that you want your partner to, to receive, it sometimes some some magic happens and and things start to transform in the outer world um, that we wouldn't expect. Mm -hmm. So um, it's pretty it's pretty powerful. It's powerful stuff. Oh well, thank you. Um, I think we're gonna take a short break and we'll be back with our finishing words. Thank you.
And we are back from that short break there. Mm-hmm. Um, we just wanted to finish out with Dale. Do you have any advice for people who are uncoupling with anything or anyone? Yeah, um, I do. You know, I think that the reason this program is so powerful is this this idea of um, evolutionary spirituality that how we as individuals have the power to change, you know, the societal, the way society does things, our culture, the future, our planet. So how we do breakup, how we do divorce is really for the good of all, right? We're moving the whole culture forward when we do this in a a generous, fair-minded, collaborative, calm, mature way, respectful way, right? We're doing this for, for everyone. So that's my advice. And then on the logistic, log- logistical level, if you're not sure, you know, if you're in a place where you're deciding, then meet with a coach, meet with a certified conscious uncoupling coach which you can find on Catherine's website. She has several of us listed, including myself, and have a, a um, discovery call to see, you know, to, to explore, to inquire into, you know, what your concerns are and um, is, this, is this a fit for you right now? So that, that would be my advice. Yeah. I guess um, I probably got some words in me. Um <laughs> I think uh, for anyone who's really going through a breakup, I think it's really important to find your bearings when you can, you know, and remembering that the dwelling and the sadness and the grief and the anger that, you know, if those are uncomfortable feelings for you, that those will pass and that, you know, there is, you can create a future that you want and you can create a life and a relationship that you want and you know this is a good program that could probably help with that and it also takes a lot of time to be open to a program like this so if you're thinking no right now like totally valid and it's there if you want it and if you don't and like you know like art and friends and you know outdoors is also helpful you know like go for that too and just being with yourself as much as you can you know it it, it will get better even if it's hard right now it will get better Great advice, Sunny. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. Yours too. <laughs> and Dale, um, so you said that Catherine has a page of coaches. Would you mind going off about that real quick? She does. Catherine has um, a list of certified conscious uncoupling coaches on her website. And so you can go to um, Catherine Woodward Thomas, find uh, conscious uncoupling, find a coach. And we will put that link in our program notes. And um, I am a certified conscious uncoupling coach and calling in the one coach. And I'd be happy to um, have a discovery call. So you can use my link, which will be in the program notes, creativecorecoaching.com. If you would like to learn more about conscious uncoupling, check out Catherine Woodward Thomas's website at consciousuncoupling.com. 
If you would like to do conscious uncoupling with Dale specifically, please check out her website at creativecorecoaching.com. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at New Wave Relationships Podcast. See you next time on New Wave Relationships.